Folks, the outbreak is finally over. We did it. Mm -hmm. Okay, not our outbreak and not we. We didn't do anything. But in good news for the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the Ebola outbreak that they've been dealing with in the northeast of their country is finally over after two years. So good for them. Yeah. But uh, no, our outbreak, the COVID-19 one, uh, not over. Not even close. It's round two, baby. <laughs> round one sort of never ended. Yeah, but, uh, well. <laughs> uh, Arizona, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and California continue to break daily records for new infections. And the U.S. as a whole hit a new single-day record of 48,365 new cases on Tuesday of this week. But the numbers are so high, they're meaningless at this yeah. point, right, guys? Uh, uh, Arizona, they're in the lead per capita. Mm -hmm. Not a very populated state, but per capita, they're killing it, literally. Uh, Florida is just barely trailing them, and uh, California, Texas, and Florida are each getting more daily cases than Italy had at its peak back in March. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said this week in a Senate hearing that the way things are going, he wouldn't be surprised to see cases hit 100,000 per day. But despite this deadly ongoing national embarrassment, Texas's lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, still seems to have just learned basically nothing. And you know what? He doesn't intend to. On the Laura Ingram show this week, Patrick said of Dr. Anthony Fauci, I don't need his advice anymore. And, uh, quote, Fauci said today that he's concerned about states like Texas that skipped over certain things. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We haven't skipped over anything. The only thing I'm skipping over is listening to him. A bazinga. Got him. That old talk show host is coming back, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I forgot he got started as a fucking radio guy. No. I think he brought Rush Limbaugh to Texas, if I remember correctly. <sighs> that is at least on the airwaves. Wow. Meanwhile, though, the situation has gotten so dire that a surprising number of Republican politicians are actually finally coming around on the mask issue. Yeah. Uh, Representative Liz Cheney tweeted out a picture of her father, former vice president and war criminal Dick Cheney, wearing a mask with the hashtag, real men wear masks. Because okay. that's, yeah, a lot of people are not wearing them because they're not manly. Yeah. Uh, Senate Majority Leader and Turtle Mitch McConnell <laughs> said on the Senate floor, we must have no stigma, none, about wearing masks when we leave our homes and come near other people. Wearing simple face coverings is not about protecting ourselves. It is about protecting everyone we encounter. Wow, he finally just uh, realized that? Uh, yeah, uh, Mike Pence has been wearing masks more and more and urging others to also wear them. Marco Rubio told reporters, everyone should just wear a damn mask. GOP Senators Tim Scott and Chuck Grassley both have made social media posts encouraging mask wearing. And even Steve Ducey of Fox & Friends said this week, quote, I think that if the president wore one, it would set a good example. MAGA should now stand for masks are great again. I do, you know, good for them. They're finding a way. Good, good for them for coming around. but Way too late. But only because they realized that you couldn't just ignore this problem. Yeah, and now it's... It's, it's actually it's going to seriously affect everything. It's affecting red states now. Yeah. So now it's, it's not just some big hootenanny city problem. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's actually affecting Trump's base. Yeah, so uh, I, again, bravo for coming around three, four months too late, uh, but coming around nonetheless. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, listen, they're... The, the they're now even calling out their own party's president on the topic. So wow. that's a big step. Republican Senator Lamar Alexander of Tennessee said at a hearing this week, quote, unfortunately, this simple life-saving practice has become part of a political debate that says, if you're for Trump, you don't wear a mask. If you're against Trump, you do. That is why I have suggested the president should occasionally wear a mask, even though there are not many occasions when it is necessary for him to do so. The president has millions of admirers. They would follow his lead. Please, sir. And yeah, I mean, credit's where, credit where it's due. 
Not much credit, though, because this is all very basic shit that all of them should have gotten very strongly behind three months sooner. And then, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been a partisan issue. This this actual public health, yeah. health issue wouldn't have been a partisan issue. Yeah, because we knew masks worked a long time ago. You know, well, to be fair, in the very, very early stages, CDC when, it, was like, nah, nah, when nah. it hadn't yet hit America, the CDC, they told a little fib, they told a white lie because they didn't want people to start hoarding masks it, like they knew Americans would do yeah, immediately. Masks would have been gone like toilet paper. Like, yeah, just so they, they were like, no, you don't need a mask yet. Please save them for the doctors yeah. and nurses. And then like two weeks later, like, okay, yeah, you need a mask. But everyone's like, but you said I didn't need a mask. What's crazy lie. is that like... Uh, the the really like nice ones are still very hard to find and very expensive. You know who has them? Huh. A little local talk here. Fry's Electronics has converted their entire checkout aisle to like the PPE shop. There you go. And I mean, they're they're price gouging a little bit, but not horribly. So. They need to they need to survive. So yeah. I understand. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I actually got my because uh, uh, I wear gloves when I go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and. Boo, wearing blue gloves. That looks weird. Yeah. So I got some really nice black latex gloves from mm. Ace Hardware, nice. of all places. Not price gouged. Oh. So you got to know where to look. Yeah, the gloves, you know, there's plenty of gloves, but the N95 stuff, Fry's has every possible configuration of N95. And it's all they have. <laughs> if you go to Fry's looking for a computer these days, nothing. And they also, they, they have these jugs of hand sanitizer that are like, <laughs> like two gallon jugs of it. It's incredible. Good cool. for them. That's they're the last fucking independent electronics store in Southern California for a reason. Yeah, they they know what the people well, want. They're they're it, things are looking grim for fries. Anyways, let's get they back. They got to a the UFO in, inside of their building. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, as an example of how mask wearing remains a partisan issue, with little hope for that changing, even with all these GOP people talking about it, um, a Washington Post article that was covering this recent shift on masks quoted one longtime Republican strategist who said, mask wearing has become a totem, a secular religious symbol. Christians wear crosses, Muslims wear a hijab, and members of the Church of Secular Science bow to the gods of data by wearing masks as their symbol, demonstrating that they are the elite, smarter, more rational, and morally superior to everyone else. Again, I'll say that uh, it's great that the GOP is coming around and changing their ideas on this, but it's far too late. Like, exactly. People have already made their decision, and they will not change. If I, I'm telling you, if like if wiping your ass had been invented under the Trump administration, no, I have a Repo- dirty ass, yeah. and I'm proud. Republicans would be walking around with fucking swamp ass. Can you smell that? Yeah. Oh, you're gonna wipe your ass, gay, <laughs> yeah. pussy, liberal. I don't wipe my ass. I don't wear a seatbelt. Yeah, and that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, that's and like a lot of people have like brought this up on Twitter. They're like, "Wow, did people feel this way about seatbelts when that?" Yes, person? and like, yes, yes actually, they did. like uh, you might know Ralph Nader as uh, a presidential candidate, who, multiple failed who, failed president, who candidate. people say spoiled the elections, but not really. But mm-hmm. like he, uh, the reason Ralph Nader first gained notoriety was he was like a strong advocate for seatbelts at a time <laughs> where people were just like, "Well, it's just personal choice." And he wrote a bunch of books. Uh, one of them was called Dangerous at Any Speed, about how just, like, cars are inherently dangerous. Just yeah. wear a fucking seatbelt. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a big culture war issue. And for for some people, it still is. Yeah, it's weird. To jump back into the mask thing really quick, have you seen, you haven't seen Trump's uh, statement on masks? He's finally coming around. Oh, Trump himself good. is finally coming around. He said today uh, that, uh, I, I'm misquoting, I'll find the real quote and I'll put it on the screen, but basically he likes wearing, like, the darker mask because it makes him look like the Lone Ranger. 
Uh, Listen, whatever it takes. But the Lone Ranger wore a mask over his eyes, so I have no idea how Trump is wearing this mask. Yeah. Hmm. But hey, he's the ball is rolling, and that's what matters, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if if what it takes is like a bunch of fucking like Blue Lives Matter, Punisher skull, yeah, like Make America macho, great again. tap out fucking bullshit on these masks, fine. Yeah. yeah fine. fine. Whatever it takes mm-hmm. to make you not feel like a little bitch when you're covering <laughs> your mouth. Yes. But listen, on the bright side, there is a drug coming that's been shown to reduce recovery time in coronavirus patients. That's good, right? Okay. It's called remdesivir. And while it was originally developed as a treatment for Ebola, testing has shown in recent months that it shortens recovery time by a few days. Mm, so okay. it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a cure, and it also hasn't shown any promise at actually reducing fatalities, but it's something. Okay. It, if, you're gonna, if you have it, and you're young and healthy anyway, and you probably would get over it anyway. Gives you a slight it, edge. Yeah, reducing the time. It's like mm-hmm. taking the Zycam at the first sign of a cold. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and it's guess what, guys? We're going to have it. It's finally coming to the market at the very reasonable price of $520 per vial or $3,120 per treatment. That seems like a lot. That is a lot. But, uh, you know, in America, that is uh, pennies, basically, uh, when it comes to health care. Yeah, that's, that's 10 like, Advil. Yeah, that's, uh, that's like one twentieth of having a baby. Yeah, of course, <laughs> that's before your health insurance kicks in. But it's, you know, so far unclear how much the average remdesivir course uh, is going to cost, even if you're insured. Probably not nothing. I mean, you have a deductible. Yeah. So if you haven't had any uh, healthcare stuff this year, I mean, deductibles are weird things. And, and because it, some people have $500 deductibles. Some people have $5,000 It's deductibles. almost like the system is intentionally designed to be opaque and confusing. Mm-hmm. And just make you not want to get these things because yes. you're going to go broke. Yes. But, uh, yeah, um, it's probably going to be a lot more than the roughly $66 per vial it will cost in India for the generic version of the same exact drug. Oh, that's weird. Strange. But uh, on the bright side, only patients in the U.S. of A. will have access to new shipments of non-generic name brand remdesivir mm-hmm. for the next three months. Great. Exclusive. Platform exclusive drug. And that's yeah. thanks to an unusual contract. Uh, between the Trump administration and the drugs maker, Gilead Sciences. So good for us, I yeah. guess. And yes, Gilead Sciences, they did put years of research and development into this drug. So they, they can't just give it away. You know, this is a publicly traded company. They need the money. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, $3,000 for a drug that might save you a few years in the hospital. Is that fair? Well, not if you factor in that the U.S. government contributed somewhere around $70 million to the research and development that Gilead did. I was waiting for this. Um, of course we paid for it. Yeah. So in other words, we paid for the drug's development. Anyone who paid taxes paid for this drug's development. And now you get to pay for it again. The drug that you paid to develop, you get to pay to use it. God bless America. It's almost like, uh, I don't know, a lot of the country probably will just suffer for the extra three days instead of pay $3,000. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is going to be like the, the rich people drug. Yeah, because all their deductibles are negligible. Yeah. Negligible. And they're all old, so they've seen a doctor a bunch this year anyway. They're, yeah. It's already paid. They hit that deductible January like 15. Give me all the remdesivir. Mm-hmm. I can afford mm-hmm. it. Anyways, uh, meanwhile, there's still no sign of a vaccine on the horizon yet. There's tests and stuff happening, which is... Not enough of it. I guess promising sometimes. But here's some news that's really going to ruin your day even more. Over in China, a new strain of swine flu is being increasingly found in pigs. The virus, which scientists are calling G4 (laughs) EAH1N1, 
Hell yeah. Got all the video game gamer. titles in there. <laughs> the gamer virus. <laughs> Just turn that in sideways. We got it. H1Z1. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has characteristics of the 2009 swine flu and the 1918 swine flu. So, hey, that's fun. Cool. The crossover that gets it all wrong. Listen, we got to stop fucking around and eating pigs. I, I think bacon is delicious, and I don't want to stop anytime soon, but my God. Yeah. Uh, anyways, there's uh, already some evidence that this new strain has made the jump to humans working on Chinese pig farms. So once this coronavirus thing is dealt with, we might have a new swine flu to deal with. And at that point, no one's ever... Just kill me. Yeah. Just fucking I'll end take it. my chances. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if we can't get coronavirus solved quickly, and then this happens, we might be simultaneously dealing with both of these. Double virus. Double Chinese virus. Trump's going to love that. I need a bunker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am, I am. Yeah, we laughed at preppers for a long time, and now who's I'm, laughing now? Yeah, they're the ones laughing at me, and rightfully so. Yes. I don't even own a gun. Yeah. I'm defenseless. You can't get one. Have you passed the gun stores yeah. over here in Burbank? Yeah, God. You can't do line around the corner. Yeah, all yeah. the good shit's gone. <laughs> you get a little pea shooter like that lady yeah. from the uh, guarding her property. You get in, a fucking uh, high point pistol that's gonna blow my thumb off. Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> Anyways. That's all quite depressing. Yes. Uh, everything, just all of it. So let's switch gears now to something a bit more positive. So zoos and aquariums are fun to visit, or at least they were when they were open, because you get to see wild exotic animals up close. Um, but they can also be really shitty for the animals, especially marine animals like dolphins, who are supposed to be out there in the ocean doing dolphin things and not stuck in a swimming pool doing tricks. But recently, a VFX company called Edge Innovations unveiled a robotic dolphin that is so realistic looking that it fools people that are standing right next to it in the water. Uh, they're calling it a real-time animatronic, and the footage that they've shared of a live demo of this prototype is incredible. Yeah, the idea of a robot dolphin actually goes back 20 years to an exhibit at Disney World's Epcot Center featuring a robot called the Dolphin Robotic Unit, which was pretty realistic, but obviously still clearly a robot. But a lot has been accomplished in the tech uh, in the last 20 years, and this new dolphin robot features a realistic skeletal and muscle structure, a 10-hour battery life, and it looks and moves exactly like a dolphin. It's just controlled remotely by puppeteers. And pretty much anything that's done with real-life dolphins at aquariums could be done by these robots, and no one would know the difference, except all these zoos are going to have to pay people to puppeteer them, yeah. and they don't have to pay the dolphins, baby. That is true. But do you know, maintaining a dolphin... Yeah. Operation can't be cheap. The invisible hand of the free market will drown these dolphins. Yeah, but I this fucking video, like I, I was watching it, I was like, okay, well, when are the, when are the, when's the part where they show the robot dolphin? This is just real dolphin for comparison purposes. It's like, yeah. no, this is the this is the robot dolphin. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, that's wild. Well, we're just gonna have to wait and see if one of these robot dolphins sexually assaults a human, and then that's we'll know right. that they've become sentient. Who's at fault when that happens? The puppeteer. I guess so. The puppet master, as you would say. <laughs> I don't know if they put dicks in these dolphins. It might be an upgrade. <laughs> that you have to go for realism. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it might be a while before you get a chance to see one of these robot dolphins yourself, though, uh, considering that the cost will probably be between 40 to $60 million per unit. But there's plenty of dolphins out in the ocean we can steal. Right, but... <laughs> also, it's likely going to first appear at an aquarium over in China where the wildlife trade has been banned in the wake of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, but considering that the robots don't require food or veterinary services and can basically live forever with maintenance, we can probably expect these to show up in U.S. aquariums and theme parks eventually. Also, who are we kidding? Probably the military. Yeah. Uh, was, yeah. And they actually probably already have robotic spy dolphins like this and probably have for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, this company, Edge Innovations, they 
Especially at that price tag, the the military is the only thing that's going to oh, pay for it. Oh yeah, well, and, and this company they they've made they started off in movies, uh, so like they made a bunch of like sharks and whales and shit for movies that are also like even the stuff ten years ago. I'm like that looked that, you would never you would never think that wasn't a yeah. shark, um, and you, like every year or so you hear like. Fucking like Russia accuses like Sweden of using a robot dolphin to spy on them, or like Israel accuses Iran of using a robot dolphin. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Or every bird in America is secretly <laughs> monitoring all of us. I mean, maybe there are certainly some up there. If, if they can do a dolphin, they can do a bird. The crows are massive, and no one would you can't tell by looking at them no, if they're real or not. They're it's all about owls. All slick black. Now I think the crow has the best. Uh, uh, capabilities to hide mechanics within it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Although the owl, don't underestimate the owl. Yeah. It can turn its head all the way around. Mm-hmm. It's basically a you know security camera mm-hmm. mounted on a bird. Then again, crows, they got a whole wide vocal range. It's true. They could uh, you know chirp back and send code. You wouldn't yeah. even know it. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> I, I, this was supposed to be a fun story, and now it just got like really sinister. And now we well, that's we, anything, we can't trust animals anymore. I, in the future, anything that's <laughs> developed will be instantly weaponized. There is no more fun yeah. in this world. Yeah. There is no more fun. Yeah. Anytime the, the Disney Imagineering team comes up with something, there there's, I guarantee you, a government contractor in there going like, all right, so we saw that uh, you made... Hey, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mind if we take the uh, specs back to the Pentagon? You know, maybe maybe we'll find a use for it. Maybe we'll uh, come up with a little virus that shuts what, your company down for six months. What did you say months, that was uh, 40, 50? <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Your tax dollars at work. The only reason the coronavirus happened is because the Pentagon shut down Disney World because they wouldn't release the specs on the Avatar ride animatronics. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be terrible if both your theme parks shut down for like six months? We're, we're not going to do yeah. it. There's no way we're giving you the plans. Go get the virus out of the vault. <laughs> Show, Set it free. Show these guys we're serious. Oh, Bob God. Iger, this is the last time you mess with the United States government. <laughs> uh, anyways, another potentially good news for the planet. Uh, researchers in Korea may have developed a cost-effective way to recover gold from e-waste. E-waste recycling is one of those things that everyone agrees should be happening. But in general, it's too difficult too time-consuming, and it's also expensive to dis- disassemble old electronic components. So they just end up in landfills. Uh, this new method, however, it involves dissolving circuit boards in acid, then adding an organic polymer called perforin, uh, which is naturally porous and wants to fill those pores with metal atoms, especially gold. So Ars Technica describes some of this research, quote, Finally, the polymer was put through a pretty authentic test. The researchers took seven circuit boards from a junkyard and put them in an acid bath to leach out the metals. Then they mixed in their polymer, adjusted the solution, and kept it stirring for a couple of days. Although other tests showed that 99% of gold can be scavenged in about 30 minutes. Filtering separated out the polymer and its hull of gold. Adding acid again causes the polymer to let go of the gold, which precipitated as a solid nugget that accounted for 94% of the gold leached from the circuit boards. Cool. Uh, also, the polymer only costs around $5 per gram to produce, and that gram can capture $64 worth of gold and then can be easily reused. When this process is commercially available, we're looking at a new gold rush. All those graph or uh, graphic cards that are sitting around because the Bitcoin boom yeah. died, throw them in the acid. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of e-waste that's just sitting around in landfills. That's uh, There's gold in them landfills. Yeah, it's going to become very lucrative if you get there in time before the landfill is turned into a golf course or something. Yeah. Got to get in there before they bury it. Or you find out where they buried it. And then you dig it you up, just like the E.T. cartridges. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool that this is happening. It could be very lucrative. And also, it's a 
you know, valid reason to stop putting e-waste in landfills, which is yeah, good as well. I saw something. It was like there's more gold in like just electronic e-waste landfills than in any of the active gold mines currently on Earth. Yeah. So this is yeah, this is like cool, but it's also like this is totally just one of those dystopian things and like. Uh, oh, people like are ready picking one. through yeah, landfills. Like, what's yeah. your job? Like, I'm fucking e-waste gold miner. Yeah. I just, like, go find old circuit boards and like <laughs> I said, process on them. No good news ever again. Yeah. <laughs> good news stopped. Immediately go to, like, the dark place. Good news stopped like... in, like, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's over, pals. You're just digging through e-waste, just breathing in toxic shit. Like, I, like, I'm a gold miner. <laughs> it's time to take a moment right now, and you need to, like, before the memory starts to fade, Really enjoy the memories that you had before everything went to shit. Yeah. Because soon enough, those memories are going to be gone. It's just a part of getting old. You remember less every day. So enjoy the past before yep. it's gone. Because the future, not looking too bright. No. Not nor the present. <laughs> the present so, sucks, too. That's enough good news. It's all bad news from here. Let's, let's check in now with the king of bad news. The bad news king. Bad news Phil Arrigo, <laughs> who uh, I believe wants to discuss... Some privacy nightmares. Phil, can you tell us about the privacy nightmares? Hey, do you want to talk privacy nightmares? Good, because that's literally all I do. Okay, start with phones. So developers got their hands on Apple's iOS 14 beta shortly after it was announced last week. And buried under all the flashy stuff Apple talked about was a very important feature. A little teeny banner pops up when an app copies your clipboard. And guess what? TikTok and a bunch of other apps are accessing your clipboard without you knowing it. This might sound really dumb and small, but let me show you exactly how huge this thing is. Jeremy Burge posted a video where he simply types an Instagram comment and TikTok copies that data every one to three keystrokes. Why would they need to know in real time what you're typing in a completely different app? So let's move on to photos. Ryan Jones posted a video where he copies an image in iMessage and guess what? AccuWeather, Wall Street Journal, and every single app he opens afterward paste his photo. Why does Fox News need access to images on your clipboard? Well, they don't, they don't need it, but iOS allows them to have access, so why wouldn't they exploit it? Ars Technica compiled a list of all the major apps that scrape your keyboard for no apparent reason, and yeah, they, they do. It does make sense for like certain things to have access. Like let's say you look up a restaurant in your browser and you want to paste it into Google Maps for directions. That makes sense. You're the one who copies it, you're the one who pastes it, and you initiated the transfer of data from one app to another. But the fact that all these apps are automatically snooping on your clipboard with no user interaction, that's where it gets like sketchy. Seriously, why does eight ball pool Fruit Ninja or PUBG Mobile need access to your clipboard. And to take this up a notch, if an app can paste your clipboard data, they can send that data to their servers, which is really creepy. Tencent, the behemoth that owns Riot Games and controls PUBG Mobile and a lot of other developers, yeah, they've come under fire for privacy issues in the past and they're copying your clipboard. TikTok has been flagged by several US agencies and is banned from being installed on government employees' devices. And oh look, India just banned them over privacy concerns. So yeah, nearly anything you do on your phone might be sent to these companies and no one has any idea how much of that data they're actually capturing, saving, storing, or what they're doing with it. It gets even worse when you consider a feature on Apple products called Universal Clipboard. 
So this is a cool feature that allows you to copy something on one device and paste in another. So you can copy an address of something you're reading on your iMac and paste it to your iPhone and then boom, you now have that article on the go. Same is true for photos. You go, oh, take this picture, copy, paste it into Photoshop, neat. Until you realize that anything you copy on your desktop or laptop is transferred to your phone behind the scenes via Universal Clipboard and can be accessed by any app you open on your phone. So here's a nightmare scenario. You copy your password on your computer to, I don't know, pull it out of something and paste it somewhere, and now it's on your phone and every app you open. Let's say, you know, you're talking to your boo, you take a nice nude for them, and you copy it, and it gets transferred to your phone and sent to, you know, Tencent or TikTok. So, yeah, considering that these apps might already have a profile on you or know your email address or GPS coordinates or IP address or, you know, any of that stuff, or, oh, maybe they're LinkedIn and Facebook, so they have all that data, it's pretty terrifying how much data they can siphon out of your keyboard and, you know, which formerly didn't seem scary, but now they can paint an even more accurate picture. So things are a little less clear on Android when it comes to the details, but the big bad news is it appears that all apps can access your Android clipboard. So that sucks. Um, TikTok responded and is like, no, this is just a big misunderstanding triggered by a feature designed to identify spammy behavior. Plus, they claim they didn't store any clipboard data on their servers and they will stop collecting it in the future. So, oh, thank God, I'm sure they definitely didn't keep any data and in case they did, I'm 100% sure they will delete it because I'm being sarcastic, never trust any companies, especially not social media companies. But, you know, who you can trust is not the cops. Uh, I touched on this story at the end of last week's Tech News Day when the police arrested the wrong man based on facial recognition. And this isn't an isolated incident. The Detroit police chief claims facial recognition software misidentifies 96% of the time. So flip the math, do do dot doot, doot. It's only correct 4% of the time. I feel like four, like, that's how often you win on a scratch off lotto ticket. So it sucks. Um, in this particular case, when the wrong guy was arrested, his name was Robert Williams and police suspected him of stealing $3,800 in watches. Why do they think it was him? Well, they used facial recognition software to match security camera footage to the Michigan driver's license photo database. The problem, according to the ACLU, face recognition technology can't tell black people apart and that Robert Williams' only thing in common with the suspect caught by the watch's shop surveillance feed is that they are both large framed black men. And this isn't an isolated incident. In late 2019, a study showed that facial recognition is significantly less accurate with non-white faces. And this is nothing new. When Google launched its Google Photos app that uses advanced analysis to identify what's in photos and it'll tell you whether that's a sandwich or a forest or whatever, it accidentally tagged two black people as gorillas. But don't worry, Google fixed the issue by removing gorillas from its list of photo tags, so they fixed it. They didn't fix it at all. It's, it's all there, they just took one word out of that. So, yeah. So, facial recognition, it's problematic. It's, it's a bad, scary software, and as it grows more accessible and affordable, some cities are thankfully seeing the privacy and accuracy issues and avoiding it. San Francisco banned facial recognition in May of 2019, and Boston recently did as well, so, Good for them. Thankfully, Congress has introduced a bill to ban it on the federal level, um, but 
you know, they just introduced it. It has a way to go before it becomes a, a reality. So the crazy thing here, there's a extremely cheap and easy way of thwarting facial recognition software. But also, and here's the crazy part, you can also help stop the spread of coronavirus at the same time. Wear a mask. That's it, please wear a mask. Please God, I beg of you, wear a mask. Wow, thanks Bill, I yet sure cheered me up. Now let's close out the show by looking at the absolute avalanche of content bans going around. Uh, many of them long time overdue. Uh, the biggest is probably Shane Dawson, who still has his YouTube channel, just not the monetization for now. And we're not even going to attempt to address the most recent drama between Shane Dawson and these other beauty vlogger people. I don't understand it. Uh, apparently, it's very spicy. You're going to have to go to Phil DeFranco's channel <laughs> to, to have him unpack the YouTube There's drama. There's someone named Tati who's apparently like 40 years old and got I... tricked into making fun of the other guy that wasn't Jeffrey Star don't or care. Shane Dawson. Don't but care. We said it when he was doing that documentary with Jeffrey Star. We were like, he's this isn't even a documentary. He's just hawking his fucking cosmetics. Yeah. Anyways, he's got plenty of money. He'll be fine. Yeah. But uh, no, the reason Shane Dawson's monetization was taken away is it's actually not because of this new drama, I think. I don't know. But uh, it was uh, because he made a preemptive apology video for the decade of racially insensitive content that he made, clearly trying to avoid being publicly canceled by getting out ahead of it, like fellow YouTuber Jenna Marbles, who did nothing wrong. I said she she learned from her mistakes. She see, I think she just really wanted a break, and this is like perfect timing. Just like yeah. all right, I all the examples too. that she showed, I was like, I mean, okay, but I mean, you she apologized did, for yeah. it and moved on. She from did that. like blackface and shit. Like Ish. It was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, but, uh, compared to a lot of other YouTubers, Jenna Marbles was pretty low on like the. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, well, the, it is funny too seeing like because everyone's digging up all this old shit, seeing like. Pretty much every comedy at some point fucking did it. 30 Rock, uh, Stella, uh, Howard yeah. Stern got roasted for it. Uh, there is, uh, oh, Mad Men had like uh, a, an episode like had. But in the context a of a lot of these shows, like the Mad Men one, it's like, like it wasn't done as a joke. It was done like <laughs> yeah. this is a horrifying thing that? that used to happen in the 60s when the show takes place. Did you see the uh, Golden Girls episode that got removed because they had mud masks on? Yeah, this is like, it, it look. Like, in a lot of cases, yeah, like, this shit was insensitive, but it's like, no, people, like, this is not about uh, shit that happened in TV shows and movies. It's about black people being killed by cops. Yeah, and, yeah. And all these, the all these big companies are doing their damnedest to shift the focus away from that and onto, like, this real surface-level shit that, like, it's, might be offensive, but isn't really what this is about. <laughs> this is not solving the problem, but uh, the, uh, especially, what was it, last night, I think it was, Jersey Mike's. It's not real. It's not real? Okay, okay, thank God, because that was like the dumbest thing yeah. I've ever seen. Re renaming the BLT to the BLM. The, the bacon, bacon, lettuce, lettuce and mayo. <laughs> no. Racism solved. That wasn't real, but the fact that it seemed believable says yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, anyways, this backfired for Shane Dawson, his uh, public pre-apology. Yeah. Let, let me just apologize for everything before they come and cancel me. Because, yeah, while he did apologize for a lot of the weird racist shit that he's done, people immediately pointed out stuff that he didn't apologize for. Like a video where he pretended to masturbate to a photo of 11-year-old Willow Smith. Yikes! Yeah, big yikes. Remember his cat that he came on? He said he didn't, but did he? Willow's brother Jaden and mother Jada then publicly called him out on it, which was weird to see also. The Smith family. Yeah. Launching into a YouTuber. Uh, and well, uh, this is now mainstream Hollywood news, and YouTube couldn't just do nothing the way that they usually do. <laughs> yeah. We, they had to do something. I mean, they have the Will, the Smith family. They, the Will Smith got their doubt. YouTube channel. Yeah. He was in the YouTube Rewind video last time, or the time. Who can keep track? But, uh, 
Dawson, he also had a, a, a various products of his dropped by retailers, but he's, again, he's a millionaire. Then this will probably blow over for he's him. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, I do, okay, I do think that it is, everyone's worried about an adpocalypse, but YouTube was pretty proactive this time with being like, that's yeah, what they're okay, trying because yeah. they, they, they know. The problem was the other times they kept letting it go. Because this one, it's like, if you look at it from YouTube's perspective and the perspective of advertisers. They gave this most, man an award last yeah, year. Most though. people aren't like tuned in. So there's just going to be like, wait, did you hear the top YouTuber masturbated on a picture of a child? <laughs> well, we should probably not advertise it. So they're, they're, YouTube is getting out ahead of it as well. There was a lot more of. skeezy stuff, too. That I saw in like Twitter yeah, videos that I don't even want to fucking talk about. But Real gross. He doesn't seem like a great person. I'm so excited to be the last YouTuber. Remember when he might, like, listen, he's partly responsible for the downfall of Chuck E. Cheese. People oh, don't yeah. want to admit it. Oh, yeah. People want to say it's he was just the... He slandering con- their pizza. People want to say it's just COVID's fault, but, you know, Chuck E. Cheese was on one of its last lat- rat legs after the pizza conspiracy. Yeah. Um, anyway, meanwhile, YouTube banned a few other people who really, really should have been given the boot a lot sooner. Yeah. Uh, Richard Spencer, David Duke... And Stefan Molyneux, among others. Now, Richard Spencer is, of course, a known white nationalist who has expressed admiration for Nazis. David Duke was famously literally in charge of the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stefan Molyneux, he might be a little lesser known, but he's got a long history of promoting white nationalism, conspiracy theories, race science, and also arguably just running an online cult where mm-hmm. he uh, strongly urges all the members to, like, cut off all ties with friends and family. Oh, like uh, a real cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been at this for a while. So, yeah, he's been trying to get YouTube to do something about these channels for years, uh, but it took them until this week to actually do it. Um, but, yeah, Molyneux, he then tried to pivot over to Twitch, and apparently he got the boot there after just one hour of streaming. <laughs> um, and sucks, but he is... A very he's a big free market anarcho capitalist guy. He believes in you know letting the market decide. So I'm sure he's fine with all this. I'm sure he understands. Yeah, the market decided the that uh, his content was trash. Uh, Reddit meanwhile brought down the uh, the ban hammer on around 2,000 subreddits, including r slash the Donald, the internet's biggest unofficial Donald Trump fan club, for uh, repeated violations of the TOS over the years. Now, this is another one where people have been calling for this to happen for a very long time. And that subreddit had been dead for six yeah, months anyway. Yeah. They'd gotten quarantined and there was a big mod war in between it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, at this point it was a little too late, too little too late for this. Uh, it hasn't been active for months. The community has already migrated over to a dedicated site or have just starting up a bunch of other subreddits. So. Yeah. And to pro- provide some uh, ideological balance here, uh, the other big sub that Reddit banned was r slash Chapo Trap House, a fan sub for the left-wing comedy podcast, which, which the actual podcast hosts have openly hated for years. Yeah. yeah. They were all, they uh, were very happy about uh, this subreddit being banned on the most recent episode. I mean, I, I've spent a, de- a little bit amount of time on the Chapo subreddit yeah. when it was around. And I mean, I think the worst things they ever did was like calling. They did they did a call for people's deaths, but it was like the death of like people who do slave slavery. Owners? <laughs> yeah, slave yeah, owners. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, got it. Red's got to. They gotta walk that tightrope. Be yeah. like, okay, the 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 president's favorite subreddit and uh, just this some fucking podcast. And Cumtown got uh, banned as well, yeah. I believe. And yeah, just a bunch of other like. I'm going to hell for this. I think. Yeah, a bunch of meme subs for like. There's well, like, they, they, they've been brigaded for years. Yeah, every so. every edgy meme sub on Twitter becomes a Nazi subreddit within six months. Like, there's a. Uh, 
there was one that I think got banned in all this. It started like a year ago that it was uh, it's called Gamers Rise Up. Oh, yeah, and It yeah. started off as like tongue-in-cheek, just like... Same with the Donald. It, yeah. It started off as like irony. So like, yeah, Gamers Rise Up had some like really funny memes. It was just like making fun of gamer culture and how like gamers think they're oppressed. And that, within six months, like I came back, I was like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah, it was like, the, the change was pretty drastic pretty quick on that one. It had been yeah. brigaded pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Meanwhile, though, Twitch has banned the president. <laughs> Temporarily, at least. Uh, Donald Trump's Twitch account was suspended for hateful con- conduct, which in this case was simply a rebroadcast of Trump's 2015 press conference announcing his run for president, in which he infamously said of Mexicans, quote, they're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. And uh, over on Facebook, they banned a whole network of accounts, pages, and groups related to the Boogaloo movement, which is basically people with lots of guns who really want a second, uh, they claim revolutionary war, not civil war, but civil war to happen and often have very racist reasons for wanting that to happen. Also, they ruined the Hawaiian shirt. I'm not going to let them ruin the Hawaiian shirt. I'm a proud owner of several Hawaiian shirts. I have multiple Hawaiian shirts and I love them. I think as long as you're not wearing a Hawaiian shirt with and a also gun? like tactical gear and a fucking gun, like no one's going to mistake you for a, a Boogaloo 3%er type. We let them take Pepe. We will not let them take the Hawaiian shirt, I, damn it. I don't think they can. It's a symbol for the big fat party animal and we refuse to let yeah. someone else have it. It's just it's some nice flair. It's the only floral patterns a man can wear <laughs> without having his masculinity, masculinity questioned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. We can't let him have it. And we're not going to, okay? Uh, also, Facebook is dealing with a, a different kind of ban, which is uh, big advertisers pulling their ad spending from that platform for at least the month of July in protest at how little Facebook has done in the past to curb disinformation and hate speech. In fact, the Boogaloo bans are probably in direct response to all these advertiser boycotts from over 120 companies, including Microsoft, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, Honda, and Verizon. It's their adpocalypse. Yeah, though it's also worth noting that this might be a little bit performative. Most of the companies who spend the most money on Facebook advertising are not participating in the boycott. In fact, only three of the top 25 ad spenders have suspended their ads. So this ad boycott, probably not going to have much of an effect. Companies who are no longer doing ads in there never really advertised that much to begin with. But uh, to be fair, Facebook has been like very outwardly apologetic. And please, actually, so it does look like it might affect them a little bit. But I think they're also getting called up to... uh, Congress again, probably yeah. pretty soon. Well, and like the general discourse online, especially because of this, is that you see it comes in waves of people saying, delete your Facebook account. I mean, we're always a big proponent of that, yeah. but like it does come in waves. And like th- this whole thing has created a recent wave of people being like, yeah, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. So delete your Facebook. Mm-hmm. Welcome to freedom. The one good thing you can look forward to a yeah. life without Facebook. But speaking of bans, China is pretty much banned in India, or at least Chinese apps like TikTok and a few dozen others. If you haven't been paying attention to news from that part of the world and want something new to make you worry, China and India have been involved in an escalating border conflict for the last month or so that looks like it might lead to an actual war. So that's happening on top of everything else. Yeah, people have died. Um, They really don't like each other. It's, uh, you know, starting with banning TikTok and a bunch of, like, apps. But, uh, should be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. What a fun time to be alive. You know, front row for the apocalypse, as they say. Especially considering, you know, all the entangling alliances that both countries have. Always a good, you know, starting point for a, a war that turns into a world war. So that's fun. 
I'm not optimistic about the future. No. There, I'll say it. And also, like, Kim Jong-un blew up that building that they built, like, two years ago to start peace talks between North and South Korea. Nah, boom. It's like, nah, blow it up. And, uh, yeah, it seems like that, all of that progress. Gone. Gone. Uh, yeah. Cool. Future Great. sucks. Yeah, it does. Anyways, if all of that makes you want to just fly directly into the sun, let's end things actual positive note here. A new time-lapse released by NASA of the sun. Cool. It's pretty cool. This is a 10-year time-lapse. It takes an entire hour to watch with each, with each second covering a single day. And it was made using 425 million photos taken at NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory, which has just been up there floating around in orbit, snapping shots since yeah. 2010. So this is a real labor of love here, and it uh, looks fucking awesome. It's like a, a cool visualizer for your tunes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for today's episode. Uh, feel free to watch the other episodes that we have over here. Um, and, I mean, I know we're just kind of sad, not really optimistic episode, but, you know... Uh, have fun inside this weekend, 4th of July. Just don't go out. Yeah. Cook some some burgers in the kitchen and enjoy that. You cook them in your yard if you've got a, a yard. Nobody's got yards these days. Balcony. Okay, fine. Do whatever you want, but don't spread the virus. I just want to grill. <laughs> I just want to grill and chill. Yep. All right, bye. Bye.